Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the scenes at your favorite theme parks? Well, you're about to find out. So pull the harness all the way over your shoulders till it reaches your lap. Keep arms and legs inside the train at all times. And hold on, because it's time for the Theme Park Legends Podcast with your host, Steve Honeycutt. What's up, theme park goers? It's time once again to jump into the front seat of the craziest ride in the park known as Theme Park Legends, a roller coaster ride of a podcast that takes you to the dizzying heights and the lowest of lows of a career in the world of theme parks by interviewing the people or legends, as I like to call them, who lived it. I'm your host, Steve Honeycutt. Today's guest is Madai Zaldivar, a host and performer who got her start at Universal Studios Orlando Resort, who not only worked for the park, but also for Nickelodeon Studios back before they packed up and moved out to L.A. And then the Blue Man Group took over their building. Stupid Blue Man Group. I blame them for all the problems in my life. But Madai didn't let the Blue Man Group stop her. Oh no, she packed up her car, thirsty for revenge, I assume, and moved out to L.A. herself. And that was just the beginning. Madai takes us on a globe-trotting adventure, starting from Florida, then going out to California, then all the way to Singapore. Now enough talk. Let's go to my nostalgia-drenched interview with Madai Zaldivar. Ladies and gentlemen, with me today is theme park legend Madai Zaldivar. Madai, how's it going today? Oh my goodness, it's going great. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for being here. It's great to hear your voice again. Uh, likewise, we've heard each other's voices for so long, <laughs> for so long that we got had the pleasure of working together, mm-hmm. and it had been a while, so this is great. Oh, absolutely. So a word on the street is that you worked in the theme park business. How'd you get wrapped up in that? Well, I am from Orlando, Florida. Enough Mm -hmm. said. (laughs) No, that's actually not how it started. I actually, gosh, I can go back um, to one of my very first jobs was actually, I was a skipper at the Jaws ride at Universal Studios in Orlando. What year was that? Oh my gosh, I would have been a baby. I was still a teenager. So I want to say late 90s, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I like 98, 99. Jaws was always one of my favorite movies. So when I went in to get a job at Universal, because I'm like, oh, this could be fun. I literally got given the option of working for King Kong or Jaws were the two rides that are no longer there, unfortunately. Oh, that's true. And I know. And I was like, well, Jaws, because it's my favorite movie. I'm still a huge Jaws fan. Mm-hmm. So that's how my um, work in the theme parks started. I never intended it to be that way. And lo and behold, it, it took me to many places from there. So <laughs> I'm thankful for that. Yes. And was that your like first job ever? No, it wasn't. Actually, my very first job ever. Get ready for this. I worked at Party City. Oh. The Party Superstore. It was right across the street from my house, and I was like 16, so it was like literally Mm -hmm. my first job. And so, yo, Jaws was my, Universal was my second job. So, yeah, that's definitely a a step up for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, What do you remember about, I mean, how did you feel like when you first got in? Were you excited? It sounds like you were. I was. I was really excited because I've always wanted, I, I was, I'm a performer and anyone that's a performer, you know, can relate, you know, to that first kind of job or gig or whatever you want to call it that you get where you kind of get to perform mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, this is cool. And for anyone who's been on the Jaws ride or how, you know, had the pleasure of doing it, you pretty much got to put on a full 15, 20 minute show. 
from the second that boat took off to the very end, you were on. And I loved it. And it, at the time, ironically enough, when I first got into it, I didn't know I even wanted to be in the industry. Mm-hmm. I had done some theater in high school, but I hadn't fully gone into like, oh my, I still kind of thought I wanted to be a dolphin trainer at SeaWorld and <laughs> nice. work with animals. And then I got this and I was like, OMG, I really love this. And mm-hmm. that's honestly part of what really sparked my interest of actually performing and acting, which eventually led me to what actually became most of my career, which was uh, working as a host and presenter. Nice. Yeah, it's funny. Um, Many of the people who end up with careers in the theme park business just sort of accidentally uh, sort of slip into them. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's the best way because sometimes you think your life or you want to do something in one direction and something, Mm -hmm. a door opens and you're like, oh my gosh, this is actually what, you know, where I'm going. Now, uh, back in the day, did mm-hmm. you have to do any kind of audition to get the skipper role? I, you know what? Okay. I remember going in. It was a job fair. And ironically enough, I still remember this so clearly. And it wasn't at the time. It was more of I interviewed with a, a gentleman who was my boss at the time named Brian Mockamer. And mm-hmm. ironically enough, he's gone on to also work for Universal in Singapore. Now he's um, working for Beijing. Oh, so nice. he's been in, that led him in a long career as well. But I just remember, you know, just I maybe read maybe three lines, mm-hmm. but nothing major. It wasn't an audition because it wasn't an entertainment role. You actually worked for the department, which was called Ride and Show. Right. So you weren't technically a performer. You were, you know, a Ride and Show attendant, technically. So that was as, as far. I think it was based mostly on, you know, your personality and, you know, how they thought you could handle it. Sure. And uh, do you remember how long you were a skipper? I was there not very long, maybe a year, a year and a half mm-hmm. tops. And that was only because then I transferred to entertainment. So from then I did go into an audition at Universal and that led me from Jaws to being transferred over to animated, to animated characters, right. which then eventually led me to Nickelodeon, where is where I spent most of my time while I was at Universal. Nice. Uh, any fond memories or stories of uh, being the skipper on Jaws? My favorite, gosh, it's funny. I was just talking about this yesterday. I don't know where, oh, we were at another theme park. We were waiting in line for flights of passage at Disney. And Mm -hmm. I was, you know, seeing how, it's funny. Once you work in that kind of stuff, it always kind of stays with you. And I I look at how efficiently people, attendance at rides are at getting people on and off. And um, I remember when we'd have crazy wake times, like, you know, right in the middle of summer or long, you know, holiday season. And it would be, you know, we'd be timed on how quickly we can load our boats, get that gate down and get out. Right. I remember we would have little competitions between each other to see, yep, you know, oh, I did it in 20 seconds. And the next person would be like 19.8. You know, it would be like how quickly just get those people in and through that show. And it would be exhausting. And then you would sometimes, you know, you you become the master improviser because, you know, half the time you'd, you'd go around and the shark that was supposed to make this huge reveal would be stuck in the middle of the air because it wasn't working right. So actually, now that I'm talking about it, I think some of the best training as a performer that you could get was actually working at Jaws or a ride like King Kong or one of those because, you know, your co-partner, your co-actors you know didn't necessarily always want to cooperate with you. Mm -hmm. In my case, the shark. (laughs) In that role, which is like acting but not getting paid as a part of entertainment do you feel like it should be and i don't see how 
that's something you know what i'm not as in touch with what goes on in the theme parks as much now but i can't see how it wouldn't be i definitely think it should be because gosh i put i think as good skipper you put so much effort into that role just as much if not more than you do into some of the acting entertainment roles Mm. because you were on from beginning to end it wasn't like the second you know those people were loading in that boat that that boat took off and depending sometimes there'd be delays sometimes there'd be something wrong and the boats would be backed up and you're left improvising for 15 to 20 minutes on your own so i definitely i could see that being more of an acting entertainment role than a writer show but of course, it's long gone now. So yes, <laughs> I guess we'll never. Unfortunately, we'll never know that in King Kong. And I think a lot of the dynamics I feel like in entertainment or in you know parks in general, when it comes to rides like that, have changed. I don't see a lot of that anymore. Right. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, a lot of stuff has moved to being more attraction based instead of entertainment based. Absolutely. Um, from what I understand. But yeah, uh, going back to the whole, I don't know, which roles are entertainment, which one's not. Mm-hmm. At uh, Disney World, you know, mm-hmm. Turtle Talk with Crush. Yep. Like that's an entertainer role as well mm-hmm. as, as it should be. Well, mm-hmm. I moved out here. And okay. I, after I worked at Dubai, we ended up moving out towards Disneyland. Okay. And I'm like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get Crush. You're going to well, crush it. I'm going <laughs> to crush it. Yeah, for sure. Come to find out, it is under attractions. Is it real? Now, I don't know if it's like that in Florida, though. I don't think it is here. Oh, no. I know it's an entertainment role because I auditioned for okay. it many times out in oh, Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So, I mean, I just think it's weird, you know, what one park says and what another park says of what. Absolutely. Yeah. What was your last day as a skipper like? Do you remember? I actually, I'd be lying if I told you I did. I think at that point, I was so excited because I knew I was moving to entertainment Mm -hmm. that I, I, it was just one of those things. And I think I left in the wintertime too. And even though it's Florida, we would get some really chilly days. And the last thing you wanted to do was be in the water, though they were, you know, not many. But I remember, I think, leaving, you know, because I remember having a peacoat, which they would give us, mm-hmm. and being, you know, kind of really insulated and thinking that, oh, yeah, you know, but I can't remember exactly what my last day was. I, I, I don't think it would have been, it was necessarily any more significant, you know, than any other. I think at that point, I was just really excited to be like, oh, I'm moving, you know, I'm moving to something else. Sure. And um, how did you find out about the audition? I just saw the, the old Internally, flyer on the wall. Yeah. 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 And I think you had to be in writing show for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think you had, I don't know if it was a 90 day period or, but I had to wait before I could audition. And then that audition did come along and it wasn't my ideal thing, but mm. you know, in my situation, a lot of theme park performances are singer dancers and I'm neither. Right. So I hey, was, I'm you, right there with you. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> so I was always limited in what I could do because I was like, well, I'm not a singer dancer and everything was pretty much bass, nor am I a stunt person. So right. I was like, well, I'm actually kind of really limited, you know? And ironically enough, you know, theme parks have been such a huge part of my life, but mm-hmm. yet, you know, I'm not a singer, I'm not a dancer, and I don't do stunts. So um, I remember, you know, the animated thing coming up and I'm like, well, this isn't ideally what I would like to do, but again, and you know, you would know working in theme parks, there's mm-hmm. so, so many seasonal events. So I'm like, well, if I can get into 
entertainment this way, then there's special events, you know, and he being here in Orlando, we do, you know, I don't know if they still do at the time, we did a lot of corporate events, you know, you have Halloween, you have Mardi Gras, you have all these other things, you know, aside from that, and then with the end goal being Nickelodeon, where is what kind of led me into, you know, my hosting. Do you remember what the audition was like for uh, entertainment? I yes, I think we had to dance. So we had to do like a slight dance, you know, like a movement, not right. like, you know, full on choreography, sure. but you know, enough to show them that you're at least somewhat coordinated. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe that was it. For, honestly, and then it depended so much on your height and what you could fit. <laughs> and and- do you remember <laughs> uh, which characters that you played? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was just talking about this the other day. <laughs> Ironically, this is before I even knew that I was going to be talking to you. Um, I was Woody Woodpecker. Nice. F- Fred Flintstone mm-hmm. and Tanya from American Tale, which was Fievel's little sister. Oh, wow. I never even got mm-hmm. to see those characters by the time uh-huh. I started working at UO. Now, I will say that was really fun. I loved when I got to do the tub because sometimes we'd have the whole unit. And for anyone who remembers American Tale, you know, it was pretty big in its day. Sure. And, I mean, who didn't love Fievel and somewhere out there and all that stuff? So right. there'd be days when, you know, you'd have Tanya, you'd have Fievel, you'd have the other guy that I don't remember his name now was like the, the Italian friend. Mm-hmm. And there'd be like a whole <laughs> unit out there. And it was super fun. You know, it was like, you know, you felt like your own little group of Avengers or something. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I can relate to that when we would have all the Simpsons go out at the same time it was exactly a, it was a good time. That feeling and even though you know you 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 know you're an animated character and some people are like ah whatever but mm-hmm. it was actually really fun i have fond memories of those times i actually have quite fond memories of my entire time there at you know in anime do you have any specific stories of times going out oh my gosh i'm not necessarily with that <laughs> With, mm-hmm. with the animated stuff as well. Uh, I would say that maybe someone I got more to Nickelodeon, just crazy, more slime oh, type don't stories. Don't worry, we're going to get to Nickelodeon. <laughs> I promise you, we but, are going uh, to. Animated? No, I don't think, you know, I just remember having, we had good times and I remember how, you know, I, it's funny because I, I, I go, you know, I have two little girls and now I go to the parks and we love going to Disney and Universal. Nice. And the one thing about living here back in Florida and having little kids is you could kind of get to relive it all over again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually really exciting because I am still a kid and I still love Disney just as much as I did in universal. Mm. I still love going to the theme parks and I, I see, you know, animated characters now. And the only thing I can think of now is how did I ever do it? I don't <sighs> think I could do not. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean in a prestige type of way because I love it. I don't mean it. Like, I mean the heat. Sure. Like I can't, that's what I'm like. I'm, I don't think I could handle that now. For and such at the time, little money, too. You're right. Exactly. That's another thing. But when, you know, when you're that young and you're just excited and it's just, right. you know, that whole excitement of being so young and being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get out there. Now I'm like, gosh, how did I ever wear those heavy freaking Fred Flintstone mm-hmm. feet? And that, how did I do it? So, so, yeah, so that's what I think about when I think back on it. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Me, too, for sure. So you went from being the skipper. Mm-hmm. Then now you're the mascot who can't talk and exactly out in the sweaty sun. Yeah. What was what were like your first thoughts? Were you like, oh, this is where I want to be or maybe I made a mistake or. No, not at all. I always just thought I was moving up. So I never really concerned myself. I'm like, oh, I did the Jaws thing for a while. And it's funny. I never even thought that I went from actually a full speaking perform, you know, in yeah, a sense, acting role 
yeah. to not speaking at all. I never thought of it that way. But now that you mention it, I think about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I never thought of it that way. I was like, oh, I was just always super positive. I'm like, well, I get to move on to here and who knows where this is going to take me. That was literally always my attitude. Yep. It. That I had a lot of that going on in my head mm-hmm. at the time when I was yeah. a mascot. Mm-hmm. For sure. How long were you a mascot? I don't, gosh, the same. I don't think I was there maybe a year tops. Mm-hmm. I, I, I never stood anywhere for very long. I always like went, you kept know, moving, moved, for kept sure. moving pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And being that I was limited, again, going back to that, because I'm not a singer dancer, I was right. very limited there into what I could do. Right. So when does uh, Nickelodeon come into the picture? You know, I have to say Nickelodeon, I can't remember if I auditioned or I want to say it was something that... I was approached like, oh, you know, because of your personality, this and that, we think you'd fit great here. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was one of those. I don't remember, at least not for the, you know, I remember auditioning when I went to audition for Nickelodeon specifically for the network when mm-hmm. uh, for the road shows when I started traveling with them. But for the actual part inside Universal, I don't, I, I want to say that I was like kind of being told, hey, you're going to transfer over to Nickelodeon. And I was kind of like, okay. <laughs> That's nice. cool. Yeah. You know, and I was totally okay. And at the time, I don't think I even really knew what it was. At first, I was like, oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, you give tours and stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. And nice. this is, again, back to me before I even knew I wanted to host, before right. I even broke into that. So for me, it was kind of like, oh, okay, awesome, something new to try. And again, I never stayed anywhere for very long. Like, I, you know, I went pretty quickly, Jaws animated, and then to Nickelodeon. Sure. And I'm just uh, curious, was there any kind of change in pay from Skipper to Animated? I don't think it was a very, I couldn't tell you exactly, but I don't think it was very much. Right, yeah, I'm sure I don't think it, it was a very big jump, and I think there was a little more of a jump because from Animated to Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, because it would have been like an actor B role. For maybe, sure. Because you were talking, yes. And just to paint a picture for anyone who might be too young to remember, mm-hmm. this is back when Nickelodeon was actually inside Universal Studios. It was, which I believe now houses the Blue Man Group show. Yep, you're correct. So, and it used to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, and actually does Nickelodeon even hold the weight anymore that it used to I feel like you know my little girls growing up they don't watch it they're no. but they're also you know they're more in the age range right now of Sesame Street and Disney anyways right. but with that being said I'm kind of like gosh I remember being young and Nickelodeon was like it you know I know everyone yeah, same loved here. Nickelodeon and I, I feel like so yeah. many options nowadays. I felt like SpongeBob kept them relevant for a while, but now mm-hmm. he's gone. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was thinking about that the other day. I don't even think I could ask my three and a half year old. I mean, again, she is still kind of young, but sure. I don't even think she knows it. You know, I don't think she's even, she's maybe watched SpongeBob a couple of times, mm-hmm. but I'm not, you know, not really that familiar with it. And that's sad, actually. Yeah, yeah, it is sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, pull it together, Nickelodeon. That's what <laughs> Steve and Madai are telling you here. <laughs> Absolutely. Your first day at uh, Nickelodeon, or I don't know, do you have to go through an orientation? What What's it like? You just train. I remember actually give, being given a script, and it was a big script because you were, at the time, these were working studios. Mm-hmm. So you went up there, and they were filming Clarissa Explains It All. Or they were filming one of the game shows. So there was right. always, some, you know, for a while there, there was always something going on. And that changed, actually, even with my time being there. Eventually, they kind of, you know, there was always one st- soundstage that was more of a prop soundstage. And I'm so jealous because I 
love those shows, but I mm-hmm. wasn't living in Florida when I was watching them. Oh, okay. And then by the time I moved there and started working, that stuff was long gone. <laughs> yeah. And it was really, you know, and again, at first I was kind of, I wasn't really like that, you know, I didn't know all that much. I, I, I remember watching, um, what was the show called that introduced slime? I can't remember it uh, right now. You can't do that on television? You can't do that on television. I always yeah. thought that was kind of weird, but I always liked it. Yeah, so same here. I remember giving, getting, you know, the script and you took, you had to bring your group up and you went through two sound stages and mm-hmm. every sound stage, the script would change depending. There was like a base script you would tell, but sure. depending on what was filming, you'd have to talk about that. Right. And then again, you became an improv master because you'd have to stall so much mm. depending on how busy we were. If the show, cause it went like soundstage, the group went soundstage one, soundstage two down into the show, mm-hmm. which was, uh, for, you know, anyone who doesn't know, it was a live version of stubble there. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It was kind of a live version of that. Nice. So depending on how the show was running downstairs, you could sometimes have to delay and be upstairs for a much longer time. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, we had to learn the script we had to learn what to say when we're delaying sometimes you know some groups we got to go in the gack room they called it which is where they showed you how to make gack and slime oh cool um and that was always really fun too so yeah we had to learn that script too because you know you not only gave the tours but sometimes you'd be the gackmeister so you'd be in that room and that was one of some of my favorite days because you just got to make fun stuff all day and then as your groups came in tell everybody about gack and slime so um it was pretty cool it was good times. How long were you at Nickelodeon? That was my longest tenure. And I remember I was there. Um, I was actually there now that I think about it. I had a contract, had a full-time contract. And mm. that ended 2000 in right after September 11th because mm. the whole country took such a hit economically. And the theme sure. parks got, I mean, they just were dead. I bet. I mean, there no one was coming. I remember that year that I got to do the Halloween show, Bill and Ted's. And I was, so I was pulled from my venue from Nickelodeon for those few months that we were doing Halloween. And then when I came back, they cut contracts and mine was one of the ones that got cut. And I'm all ironically enough. I always say that I, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me mm-hmm. because once I got that comfortability pulled from under me and I mean, you know, having a steady paycheck, mm-hmm. having, you know, everything that comes along with that contract. Then I was kind of like, at first I was like, Oh, what do I do now? You know, like, okay. But that just pushed me to pursue other avenues. And, you know, that's when I really, you know, got started getting agents and really started auditioning. And that's what eventually, you know, and this was in 2001. And that's when I, you know, did my TV show in 2004 for Animal Planet. Uh, You sort of glossed over um, saying that you worked uh, Bill and Ted. Yes. Uh, What did you do for that? I actually was Christina Aguilera for it. Like, what'd you have to do? Well, it was a year that was Moulin Rouge. So we did the mm. opening number to um, the Moulin Rouge song. And then um, m- later on in the show, Christina has a full on like fight with Jennifer Lopez, with uh. J-Lo. So that was like our little shtick. And it was it was an interesting year because they almost canceled the show because of sensitivity issues because of September 11th. Actually, September 11th happened. When I remember we were in rehearsals that night, we rehearsed till 2 a.m. And Mm -hmm. I had gotten home and I think I woke up at noon and I had no clue. And all I just had, like my roommate was like, oh, God, yeah, somebody bombing New York. And you're kind of like, what? You know, it was just one of those things. I I know, again, 
not being that invested in the time and things, I I would probably be very different sure. right now if it happened. Lord forbid. But anyways, I was just kind of like, oh, I um, I I what's going on in New York? What right. happened? And then wow. they wanted to almost cancel the show, and then we had to change a lot of things around. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up that we did this huge patriotic thing at the end. It was a year with um, Jay and Silent Bob, mm-hmm. and at the very end of the show, Silent Bob broke his silence and he just gave this great patriotic speech, and we got thunderous applause every single night. And I think I'm glad they decided not to cancel the show and that it went on and think everybody you know it was great for the audiences they loved it and it was american and it was awesome <laughs> so awesome. i'm really thankful that you know i got to be part of it so you started to tell me about um a tv show yes yeah, so after that i just started pursuing um acting you know in the television and and at the time i will say that i still did work for nickelodeon but actual Nickelodeon, not Universal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I worked for the network and I got to travel and do their traveling shows. Um, but with that being said, that also took a big hit after September 11th. So mm-hmm. I went from traveling a lot to then not really having that much um, going on. Uh, and I believe in between that time is when I actually had a short stint at Disney. Okay. Um, I was very good friends with Princess Jasmine mm-hmm. and I got to do that for a little bit, but they weren't very forthcoming with <laughs> They weren't as, you know, open when I had other auditions and stuff. So my time, I realized I loved Disney and I loved, I liked going there a lot more than I loved working there, if that makes sense. Mm. So, oh, um, no, I, had, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. And I also yeah. like the fact that you're a fully grown woman and you're still keeping up the magic. That's great. Oh, uh, oh right. <laughs> Many other people have all, it's already been shredded pretty hard in uh, previous episodes. So uh, okay, you don't have good. to do that if you don't want okay. to. But well, you know, it's all up well, to you. you. Know, but it, is, it still is magical to me now that sure. I go as a guest. Absolutely. When I worked there, I have to be honest, I was not the biggest fan. And I'm glad I wasn't there for that long because I think it would have ruined the magic for me. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm glad I was maybe there a summer. And I got worked to the bone. Um, I was like in face. Jeez. 14 days straight sometimes and um it just got to be really taxing and then you know they were universal was was always really great about oh i have a commercial audition oh my gosh we'll work with your schedule let's get you to that audition they're the opposite of disney and disney doesn't (laughs) disney wasn't like that um and i really enjoyed the fact you know I, i missed that from universal so after i left disney i just you know i kept pursuing you know I, I did a lot of convention, and that's when I would, um, and now when I say conventions, you know, living in Orlando, we get a lot of conventions come through. Sure. And a lot of times companies will come in and they want to hire, you know, the girls to come out there and help, you know, get people traffic into their booth. Right. And that I started doing a lot of that. And then I, you know, slowly started getting more and more auditions. And when I'm talking about auditions, I'm talking at this point, I'm not really acting anymore. I'm fully have gone and transitioned into hosting. Mm-hmm. I had a great agent at the time called Sandy Bell. And mm-hmm. she was an exclusive agent, which which meant that if you had to be with her, you couldn't be with anybody else, which I was see. fine because she got enough work that she's who you wanted to be with. Nice. And she was fantastic for me. And we had some wonderful casting directors like Mark Mullen here, who is still in the business. And he's just absolutely phenomenal. Nice. And I'm really thankful for all the opportunities I got. So that's what led me to um, auditioning one day for this Animal Planet show. And it was, God, it actually was an Animal Planet. It was part of Animal. It's Kids Discovery Channel. That's what it's called. called. Discovery Kids. 
And it was a, called Skunk TV. So it was a kid's version of Candid Camera, basically. Okay. And, but it was all educational. So every prank we did involved animals. So um, we shot that. It was a summer thing. So it was meant to be on for the summer on the network. And it was great. It was, we got to travel all over the country. Well, let me be more specific. We did like Florida, South Florida, and California. Uh, we shot in different, you know, places there. And it was a great, you know, experience that, again, opened more doors. And then eventually led me out to Vegas and L.A. and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. <laughs> That's when you moved out west? After that, because I really felt like I had reached everything career-wise that I could do in Orlando. Mm-hmm. I really hit a point where I'm like, I've done uni- Universal. And that got pulled away from me. And, right. and again, I always say I'm really thankful for that because it pushed me to do a lot of other things. Sure. And I had done Disney. And I, gosh, I booked a TV show out of Orlando. I'm like, <sighs> I really feel like I have hit my, ma- you know, my max here. Like, I, and at right. the time, you know, at the time, we didn't have the self-submissions. It was a different ball game then. Sure. It wasn't like you can live anywhere and submit for stuff. Right. Being a host mainly, I didn't have the pressure on me to be union because mm-hmm. a lot of the big hosting jobs weren't union. So even though I was eligible, SAG eligible, I never joined because I always wanted to be, my, keep my my options open for hosting. So at that point, I, I moved to Vegas and um, I, I wasn't didn't feel quite ready for Los Angeles yet. And mm-hmm. I've always loved Vegas and I because I did a lot of corporate presenting. There's also a lot of conventions in Vegas. So I already booked a lot of work there. So I'm like, I want to go to Vegas. Let's do this Vegas thing. So I did that for a while. It went great. And then I transitioned to L.A. from there. Uh, did you fly or drive out west? I drove. Ah, nice. So did we. Mm-hmm. Um, did you yeah. hit up anything specific on the way out? Not at the time. And again, backtracking. At the time, I don't think we even had, like, we didn't have GPS on our phones. Oh, the that's way we right. Out. Yeah. I literally yeah. had a, a road McNally nap. Map that got me to where I was going. Oh, that's so, classic. Yeah, so it was a little, it was a little different. Uh, mm-hmm. But in retrospect, I've actually done the cross country drive twice now. I did it moving to Vegas, and I did it moving back to Florida, oh, a, wow. just a few years ago. So no, I in retrospect, I wish I would have. But mm-hmm. I also through my travels through Nickelodeon, we would travel. I think I traveled to every state in the country doing in Nickelodeon on the road, we would hit Mount Rushmore was one of those places that I literally got to go to because we were there doing a show. So I got to see a lot of America for sure. How did you find Vegas when you first got there? Did you like it? I loved it. It, Mm. Again, with the whole, you know, just feeling like I was always moving forward. I was super excited to see, you know, what possibilities were there. Mm-hmm. I was super, super excited, and I stayed, you know, right off the bat, just really, really busy. You drove out there by yourself? With my mom, and then oh, she flew okay. back. She helped me get settled in. Okay, that's and nice. I, yes, and then eventually at the time, my fiancé at the time joined me out there. Um, mm-hmm. He was finishing up a contract at Universal here in Orlando, and when he was done, so he you know, moved out there with me and we were out there for three years mm-hmm. until then I went to L.A., mm-hmm. and then L.A. is what eventually led to where I met you in Singapore. Right. Well, what before Singapore, how was your time in L.A.? L.A. was good. I, and I'll tell you again, talk about and I never really thought about this. I talk about, you know, 
after I lost my contract because of what happened with September 11th, right. well, I moved to LA right when our recession was hitting. Mm-hmm. So it was actually a really crappy time to move to Los Angeles because our country was getting ready to head into this massive recession. And I was like, okay, but you know, I never, I did, was doing great in Vegas. So I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, it's only right. the, the next transitional move. And um, it went well. I loved my time in LA. I was for a year and only a year because that's, I went to, you know, I got Singapore right after that. It, it was good. You know, I did hosting stuff out there. I'd done a few shows and that's when, you know, I feel like YouTube was starting to get big. So mm-hmm. I did a few like hosting things for YouTube and, but I, I loved LA. And when I came back from Singapore, I lived there for a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And but again, for me, the biggest thing now is coming back. I notice how much the industry has changed. It's just a whole different ballgame from what, you know, from it was just a few years ago as far as how it works. And oh. I mean, that's something we can get into another time. But I'm just like, you have an Instagram account with enough followers. You can get work. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like pretty a little different now. It's pretty bizarre. So yeah. how did you find out about the audition for Singapore? I never auditioned for Singapore. Uh, I actually, again, my fiance at the time was new, who Greg Berkheimer, who was mm-hmm. the head of who was casting for Singapore. Mm-hmm. And he gave him a call and he, you know, he knew kind of had a, people in his mind that he really he knew he wanted to bring out there to mm-hmm. open the park with. And he called us and he's like, how do you guys feel about going to Singapore for a year? And again, we were in L.A., so I'm not going to lie, you know, times were a little rough. Right. Um, it was just a bad time, you know, economically as far as the country was going. And sure. jobs, you know, usually entertainment jobs are some of the first ones to get start getting cut. Oh, yeah. So it was one of those things where it's like I was like, I always wanted to live overseas. Now, I will backtrack way back to my early days at Universal in Florida. Mm-hmm. I actually did audition for Universal in Japan, and I got cast um, as Carmen Miranda. Mm-hmm. And for the, anybody listening that may not know what that is, she is the banana lady. <laughs> She's oh. the Latin lady that wears like the really cute outfit and Could the see whole that. thing of bananas in her head, fruit basket on her head. What an odd character to have in your park. Well, that's probably why I got cut. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think somebody looked at it and was like, why the heck are we bringing this out to Japan? This doesn't make any sense. So um, I was, again, I was super excited at the time. I was, again, really young and I was like, oh my gosh, I get to go to Japan for you. I always saw myself living overseas. So when that got cut, you know, they called me. They're like, we're sorry. We're just not going to have this character out there. I was like, okay, cool. You know, it is what it is. Can't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. And so then fast forward about 10 years later, or maybe more, more than 10 years, um, it was like, okay, we're going to open this park in Singapore. Do you guys, you know, do you want to come out? And I did not think twice about it. I was like, yes, I just always wanted that experience of living overseas Me too. and getting out of America Me too. and experiencing other cultures. So for me, it was a no brainer. And it's funny that when I came back to LA after being in Singapore and I met with some agents, I had a couple of agents be like, you know, you've been gone out of the country too long. That hurt your career. Mm-hmm. Um, you took, you know, because now you're not relevant. You know, right. you had all these great credits and you did all this, but that's five years ago, however long, four, yeah, about five years. And I, my response every single time was, and this was two agents that told me that. So it wasn't every agent, but two told me that. And I said, I completely respect that, but I would not change my time overseas for anything. 
because I learned so much. I experienced so much and with my life going Mm -hmm. forward, I'm so much more enriched because of it. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad I, that was some of my best times when my times and, you know, was my time in Singapore. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. (laughs) So did you know what you were even going to be doing before you showed up? I was going to be stilt walking again, because most of the roles were singer dancer. So they were like, yeah, I was going to be a stilt walker, which I had never even been on stilts in my life, but you know, they're like, don't worry about it. We'll get you guys trained up. Yada, yada, yada. Well, then one day I got a call and I think I can't can't remember if it was an email or a call, how it came about, but I was all of a sudden going to be hosting this show based on Shrek. Mm-hmm. It turned out that I remember Greg Berkheimer actually mentioning that he felt that the park was too male dominated and the hosting role was originally all males. And he's like, I need, you know, more females. So mm-hmm. when that changed, then I got moved to that role. And it was awesome. I was super excited because that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, now I get to go out there and do what I'm really good at and what I love to do. Yep. And then suffer through that rehearsal process. Yeah, that was long, wasn't it? (laughs) But with that being said, we did have such a great time. I mean, I met so many great, we had a great cast. I mean, I loved all my donkeys. We had a great time. You know, most, (laughs) we just all were, we're a pretty big family. We all got along great and we had a good time. And then you and I even got to be freaking roommates for a while. Oh yeah, that's right. We did, yeah. So... For those who aren't familiar with Donkey Live, uh, why don't you paint us a picture? Okay, well, basically, you go into this theater, and it's based, you know, everything's in far, far away, and you go into Hook's nightclub. Nightclub, get it? Okay, <laughs> night. <laughs> and then, um, you know, you have the host that introduces everybody to kind of, you know, you're going in to see Donkey. So the whole premise is that Donkey's going to put on this show for you. And it's very, for those of you that don't know, it's very similar, I guess. And I actually have never seen Turtle Talk talk Mm -hmm. with Crush, but it's the same concept. It's like that, but funny. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And like I said, I haven't seen, yeah, Turtle Talk, so I can't compare it. But um, so you go in and, you know, you talk to Donkey. Now, the thing is, this show, I just was back in Singapore recently, a few months ago. I was Mm -hmm. there in February and I took my three-year-old daughter to see it. And it was her favorite thing in the park. Nice. And I had never seen it through a kid's eyes like that. Mm-hmm. She just could not wait for her turn to talk to Donkey. It was so freaking magical to her. <laughs> and to see it through her eyes like that, mm-hmm. just, and I always enjoy doing the show. I love doing the show. But, you know, different cultures react to it differently. Sure. And, you know, a lot of the cultures in Asia don't necessarily get our Western sense of humor or what donkey's sense of humor would be. So some of it, even though we, you know, it would be changed to (laughs) go with that culture more, but a lot of it would get lost in translation. Mm -hmm. I I think, you know, a lot of the jokes and stuff. So it was just great to see it through her eyes and how she just thought it was the greatest thing ever that she got to talk to donkey. It was really amazing. So it, 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 and it was a fun show. I think we all had a good time. How had the show evolved since back in our day? exactly the same script really i mean i hear there's not a lot of improv anymore um yeah there was it wasn't well but i think some of the show directors have changed Mm -hmm. so um i think there is more leeway leeway with that now actually you know there was some improv they tailored i found that in donkey tailored it really well to who you know he was playing to as far as the script and the opening you know everything is all the same like it was like deja vu 
Oh, yeah. So, I'm, yeah. I'm sure they weren't going to change bits. that up. <laughs> no, no. The bits are the same. But yeah, I would say there was still some improv in there. So do you have any uh, specific fond memories about being Rosalind, the host? Rosalind, oh my gosh. Specific fond memories. Honestly, a lot of my favorite fond memories of any show I've been able to be a part of are usually like the relationships and the fun times I have with my castmates. Of course. Because, you know, that's one thing we have in entertainment that we form these bonds that mm-hmm. I don't know if other people in other, maybe they do, careers can say that, mm-hmm. you know, because we spend so much downtime together. Right. And, you know, to this day, you know, everybody there still try to stay in contact with or see each other at some point in time, you know? Yeah. And that was probably, you know, to me, it's the people that made that such a fun experience. Yeah. But I mean, like specifically maybe about like doing a show, maybe something going wrong or. Oh, you mean when donkey maybe would freeze in the middle? No, (laughs) what? That happened? (laughs) Yes, yeah. but we would have instances, you know, whenever you're working with technology, you never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there'd be times when, you know, that's, <laughs> you would just be looking and there would be donkey frozen in the middle of the screen. And mm-hmm. you would just, again, back to the imp- improvising, trying to figure out, you know, how to get by that and <laughs> make yeah. make a skit out of it. But a, we always managed to did do it. it. Yeah, or a magic. Wizard did it yeah. or a fairy godmother or something. There, that's what it was. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> fairy godmother sure. did it. Yeah, good times. And uh, how long did you uh, work as Rosalind? I was there. I was at Universal Studios in Singapore for five years. And wow. I was Rosalind that whole time. But then we got cross-trained into other shows because mm-hmm. um, now I believe the host gosh there's sesame there's a, like a lot of different stuff now mm-hmm. um but then you know i did we got the raptor show right so that was i got trained into that and then madagascar had a host as well that little show mm-hmm. and then i also cross-trained as a nile princess for okay. um from the mummy or oh, anang Moon, but she's actually nile princess right of course yeah. yes because mm-hmm. of Copyright reasons. Copyright issues, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, did you enjoy playing those additional roles? or I did because it just brought variety. Right. Um, and uh, I just, you know, as a performer, no matter what, it's always nice to have the variety. To, you know, I really enjoyed going from Rosalind and then being able to do Raptor mm-hmm. because you kind of, you know, you played that character completely different. And then doing Madagascar, you just kind of got to be goofy and just upbeat the whole time. And then, you know, when I got to be Nile Princess, I didn't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> so it was right, I went from having sweet. to talk all the time to not have to talk to anybody, which was actually hard for me because, you know me, I talk a lot. So that was always a tough one. Yeah, back when I was a mascot and someone would say mm-hmm. something stupid, I just wanted to, like, correct them or... <laughs> Yeah, interject so but you, all you can do is like <laughs> slap your forehead as homer or shrek and yeah and that's all absolutely. you can do or burp on them that's like the only sound they would let us do yeah and it's funny because i i theme parks you know and i'm thinking about it now and even being back there in february you know singapore i i, I love singapore i love the country i love mm-hmm. asia i was so you know I don't know if you've had the chance to go back, but if, you know, if you guys do get the chance to travel back out there, it's just so, I really am so thankful for the time there because I I still, it still feels like home. I guess that's what I'm trying to get to. Like I got off the airport at Changi and I'm like, oh really? Like it all just came back to me and it just felt like I had never left oddly enough. So. Well, I hope to experience that someday. Um, But really on the the top of our list though, is we really Mm want to go to Japan. Like, 
I want to go to yeah. Universal Japan because it's the only Universal Park that I haven't been to. Me too. I'm right there with you, and I'm waiting. Yeah. They're the only ones that still have the uh, T2 3D ride. I know. Well, can I just tell you something, though? Please. I was so excited when I got back. From, when I got back and I took Nick, um, for the first, who's my partner, when we first went to Universal, I couldn't wait for him to see T2 3D. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh. Now, I remember T- T2 3D opening. And mm-hmm. at the time, everything was so cutting edge. Oh, it was so and, awesome. You know, and I remember thinking, oh, I was so excited to show it to him. And we had just come, you know, from, you know, seeing like Transformers, okay? Right. And the new Harry Potter stuff. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, you have to see Terminator. It's so awesome. Oh, my gosh. It wasn't. <laughs> it was just, it just seems so dated compared to all the new stuff that had come out. Was everything so, working properly? I don't remember if the bike. I want to say the bike was not working, mm. which was always an issue. And I, I want to say the Terminator just walked out. Right. But um, it just, I forgot times advance so much quickly sometimes than you even realize. Mm-hmm. So I was so excited for him. He's like, ah, uh, that was it. I was like, yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, I guess that's really not that cool anymore when you've got like Harry Potter now and all these amazing attractions that just blow your mind. Like when I went to Diagon Alley for the first time, mm-hmm. um, I and I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. Um, like if that was Game of Thrones, I'd be all over it. Right. But I was still real excited to see it because mm-hmm. and when I walked in there, I was literally blown away because yeah, it's pretty just amazing. The, it is amazing. So, you know, after you see all that, and, you know, T2 kind of paled in comparison. Well, just if you think say a little. <laughs> you think T2 3D is lame. I All right, I went to Disneyland as a guest for the mm-hmm. first time because I've I'd been working there um, in a parade like last year. The parade's over, whatever. And uh, you know Rob, right? Uh, Pigeon. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, he came and crashed on our couch. And so, of okay. course, I was like, we're going to some theme parks. So we went to Disney and I rode like Indiana Jones and the Roger Rabbit ride. And I'm just like, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, man, these things kind of need a little bit of an update. <laughs> uh, Indiana Jones, really? That's one of my favorites. But it probably would feel that way. It's, you I, know, I'd never been on it before. And I'm just like. It was just weird seeing like the animatronics and stuff because so many places I've done away with that. And I even like animatronics, like for sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, this is taking the space of what could be a cooler ride, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because some some things I, I, I compare it to what it must feel like for a little kid to think, you know, when you you're little you like something looks so amazing and you go back as an adult. And you're like, oh, you know, and, and that's sure. how kind of. I, I, I think about it, you know, and I, I think with Disney anyways, I kind of feel like some things kind of just classics like Haunted Mansion, mm-hmm. you know, sure. There's so many things that are so much more updated nowadays, you know, right. but it's Haunted freaking Mansion. It's yeah. always going to be awesome just because it's it, it is what it is. That's how I feel with Small World. It's still nostalgic to me, even though <laughs> nothing about it has changed. Yeah. See, so, I, I missed yeah. out on Disney nostalgia because I wasn't living in Florida back then. Yeah. Um, and like, I think a lot of that is replaced with roller coaster nostalgia. Cause okay. my dad, he always worked at a park that always had like one or two roller coasters that would make me fear for my life. And that's what okay. I look for when I go to a park. Of course. Um, of course. So what was your, do you remember your last day in Singapore and what you were thinking and feeling? I do. I remember my last show at, 
um, donkey, which I, because I believe they asked me, like, what do you want to finish? Which one of your role? I'm like, I want donkey. Obviously, I opened with donkey. I oh, want donkey nice. to be my last day. And, um, and I remember it was Dell. Dell was my donkey. Aww. And, um, and Dell was also my first donkey. So we mm-hmm. opened the show and I closed my last show with him as well. And I remember going in, I never, you know, I don't think it was one of those things that hit me until a few months when I was gone. Right. It was just like, yeah, you know, and at the time, actually, um, I was open to the idea of coming back. So it was mm. going to be a temporary thing. I was like, maybe I'll leave for a year and, um, you know, I'll, I'll come back. So <laughs> to me, it didn't feel permanent, if that makes sense. That's it was what just I like, felt, too. <laughs> you know, and for me, honestly, it was at a point where I'm, I was ready for a break. Because ever since I was 17 years old, I had been working, and I'm thankful for that, but working mm-hmm. nonstop. Sure. You know, and here I am now in my mid-30s, and I was like, I'm ready to... I am ready to take a break, you know, and do something right. different. And, you know, my partner and I wanted to go travel and, you know, and we both love to travel. So we wanted to do that and we had the opportunity to do it. And, you know, that's how all that happened. But, yeah, it never felt final to me. I guess that's the best way I can say it. It was just mm-hmm. fun. I was excited to move on again to what's next. And then later on, I think once that ex- – and whenever I talk to anybody who's getting ready to leave there – you know, the contract who has been there for a long time that's maybe ready to move on. I'm like mm-hmm. very realistic. I'm tell them, I tell them like, look, it's going to, at first you're going to be super excited to get back to America, to get back to whatever, mm-hmm. but then it's going to hit you a few months later because you're going to be like, oh, you know, you realize that what you had, you know, it was a really, you know, not everyone feels that way. Not everyone loves Singapore. Right. I happen to have loved Singapore and still do. Yeah. Um, and it still feels like home. And, it was hard for me. I went through a really hard transition period because I was like, I really missed, you know, mm-hmm. the culture. I missed the job. I missed the friends. I missed everything that went along with it. But at that point, you know, life has started to change. And then I found out I was expecting my first little girl and then everything changed. Yep. And so was that your last day ever working at a theme park? It has been. Wow. It really was. I have not. I mean, I go to the parks all the time. I live in Orlando and mm-hmm. I have annual passes for Disney and my niece is a production manager for Universal. So, mm-hmm. you know, we get to go there all the time. And and then sometimes I, I don't I, I toy with the idea of, you know, auditioning again or going into back into some aspect, because for me, I love theme parks. Mm-hmm. It's for me, it was never. You know how some people are like, I'll do this until I hit it big, if that right. makes sense. Sure. I actually really enjoyed the work. And mm-hmm. for me, to, to, to this day, theme parks is such a big part of my life. I grew up around them. It was where I first started working. It's where my career got started. And I, I you know, I, I love them. So I, I haven't made that jump yet because my little girls are so little. And right now I'm just really enjoying being mom mm-hmm. to them um but you know time flies quickly before i know it i'm gonna have a kindergartner soon wow. so um i don't know what the future holds you know sometimes you know i toy with oh maybe you know i should get back into it you know and the thing with working with theme parks i've gotten really used to always having my holidays off i think i have a hard oh, time yeah, yeah especially having little kids you know i'm like i don't want to be working on christmas oh speaking <laughs> so, of working on christmas i uh-huh. have a fond memory that i'm pretty sure includes you Okay. Uh, when they made all the American, well, I guess we were all Americans at Donkey Live anyway. Uh, we were all working on Christmas or some holiday, and someone got the bright idea to go get to-go cups from Chili's and bring them into work of alcohol, I, of margaritas. I remember that. 
remember that vaguely. I don't think I was. I I don't know if I was there or not, but I do remember that happening. Yeah, but I mean, they put such little alcohol in it. It's not like anyone got like drunk or anything, but it was still cool to say we drank on the job. There you go. This is for you, America. (laughs) Yeah, actually. Oh, my gosh. Um, I think that would have been the first year we were there. I vaguely remember like, you know, word of that mm-hmm. <laughs> happened. Yep. I don't even remember if I was there or not, but I remember that that happened. But, you know, and I did like that, you know, at least in Singapore, I felt like there were so many holidays, though. It, it got to the point where you could trade off. So, sure. you know, some of the other people that work different holidays or, you know, they, they observe different holidays, I guess is what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. would work for you if you wanted your Thanksgiving off right. or and likewise, you know, then you'd work. So that that was kind of nice. I remember that happening too yeah but i definitely uh understand what you're talking about about like missing theme parks and still kind of wanting to be a part of it but you know you kind of also don't want to and that's one of the reasons why i started this podcast so yeah well i just like being able to freelance so you know like i'll have sometimes you know agents actually i just had an agent call me last week and she's like oh are you available to host a a convention Mm -hmm. at a convention you know in june and i'm like sure but you know i make the shots you know i'm like okay well i'm gonna work these days i can pick up what i want and i really like that you know especially again having little kids you know that that freedom to be able to say you know I'm going to work this and not work that. And that's hard when you're at a theme park. Absolutely. But I still love it. It's still in my heart. And I love that I get to go to them. You know, I was just at Disney two days ago. I'll probably be there again next week. And then going to Universal for Mother's Day. So, yeah, I can't wait till my kid's uh, <laughs> big enough to go to the parks. Um, you're going to love it because you're kind of like me. You love it, too. So mm-hmm. you are going to re-enjoy everything, you know, like especially. Now, don't get too excited at first because they're going to be little. <laughs> I was super excited when I took Isabella and she was like eight months old thinking that she could, was going to think everything was super cool and they don't. She just now really loves it at three and a half. Right. Like yeah, we you got to wait till they're uh, oh, cognizant yeah. so give it of some things. Time. But now she's just like, you know, wanted to see Tinkerbell and ride the rides and it starts getting just more and more fun. Sure, sure. It's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. So I got a few uh, random questions here. Um, what is your favorite theme or what was your favorite theme park to work in? Oh, geez. Uh, can I rank them? Can yeah, I tell you my not? least favorite? Sure. My least favorite was Disney. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> Me um, too. My, my favorite, I would say, because of where I was in my career. Okay. My favorite, would I have to say, was Singapore. Yeah. I loved Universal Singapore because of but that, of everything that entailed my life there, if that sure. makes sense. You know, the friendship, the cool things we got to do, the travel and the job. Everything was just a complete package there. Mm-hmm. And then I would have to say Universal Orlando, just because I remember at the point I was in my life and career, they were so helpful. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of auditions or things I put I probably wouldn't have even gotten to book if they weren't open and saying, yep, we'll cover this shift so you can go do this. And I'm forever thankful for that. What is your favorite theme park to go to as a guest? Disney. I just love Disney. Any specific park? Uh, Magic Kingdom. No. All right. Yeah, well, still has just... my heart. I was just there. I just still feel giddy going down Main Street and going on Pirates. And yeah. Uh, when you were working at Disney, did they ever show you where Walt Disney was cryogenically frozen? No, they didn't. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for seriously answering that question. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite ride of all time? Oh, that's hard. 
my favorite ride of all time. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I think I'm, I have so many going through my head right now that I can't even focus. Give me a I couple. Would, okay, um, I can't believe I'm thinking about this so hard. I really don't know right now. I have to say, I really love. I know this is isn't this is even really considered a ride, but I love the Kilimanjaro at Disney <laughs> at Animal Kingdom. What I is just, that exactly? The, the Kilimanjaro is at Animal Kingdom. It's basically you go on a safari. Oh, okay, okay. And every time you're on it, it's a different experience because you never know what um you know what you're gonna see, uh, what animals. But it's pretty amazing. It's like I never feel like I need to go on an African safari going sure. there. It's gotcha. pretty awesome. So I really always enjoy that. Uh, as far as thrill rides, because I don't I don't really do like crazy roller coasters anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Soren. There we go. It just came to that is my favorite ride ever. The I one love at Epcot, right? Freaking Soren. Yes. Okay. So if gotcha. I had to pick one ride that would be like you are never gonna ride another theme park again, a ride again, what do you want to go on? I would have to say it would be Soren. I love Soren. All right, cool. And uh last but not least, uh, if anyone wanted to contact you for hosting or acting work, do you have like a Twitter or Instagram you'd like to give out? I do. You can um, contact me at my Instagram, which is at Medai Z. That's my first name. It's the letter Z. Mm-hmm. And I have a, you can find me on Facebook too, Medai Zaldivar host. Awesome. Well, Medai, it's been great catching up with you. Likewise, I have missed you and I'm glad you're doing great. And thank you for reaching out to me and for thinking of me for this oh no you were you're perfect um but thank thank you. you for being on theme park legends big thanks to madai for chatting with us about her adventures working in theme parks as well as her sort of mindset or philosophy for her career just think positive and keep moving forward don't let anything stand in your way especially the blue man group i might have added that last part in I think we can all agree those are words to live by. And I'm thinking positive that you'll leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm also positive that you'll join me next week as I continue to unearth even more Theme Park Legends. Thanks for listening to the Theme Park Legends podcast. Make sure you retrieve all belongings while exiting the car. Should you forget anything or have any questions or comments, make sure you reach out to us on social media. And remember, have a legendary day.